0: Check out Schwans.com backslash yum for details.
1: And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Coming to you on the Mojo 50 Radio Network, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, Stitcher and all your favorite podcast directories and you can follow me on Twitter at Dawes. I love to hear from listeners, you can shoot me an email the address is RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com or you can call my vent line and leave a voicemail and if it's good, we'll leave it, uh, we'll use it on the air The number for the vent line is 772-245-0750. That number again, 772-245-0750. So we're going to lead off today's show with uh, Chanel Rion's coverage of the uh, Democrat corruption over in the Ukraine with their interference in the 2016 election. And Joe and Hunter Biden and a lot of the Democrat friends and family cronies, uh, corruption over there. Uh, I've been trying to get to this story for the last couple of days, but uh, we've been overtaken by the impeachment hearings and the inspector general's report and haven't been able to get to it. And we're going to have coverage on the uh, the latest developments in Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff's uh, crazy impeachment efforts. And we're also going to hear extensive comments from Bill Barr, who sat down with ABC News Pete Williams yesterday and, uh, and gave uh, a very sober and uh, and encouraging take on the IG report. But Chanel Rion at One American News uh, is, is filling a gap that has been left by the mainstream media where they uh, steadfastly refuse to investigate uh, any of the allegations that Rudy has uh, brought to light about uh, the Biden's corruption in Ukraine or their a uh, deep involvement that has been documented in the 2016 presidential election. And, um, it's, it's kind of amazing that, uh, this sort of upstart rising star in conservative media has, uh, has been left to have that feel to herself. Uh, Rudy's, uh, investigation over there has got the Democrats and their handmaidens in the mainstream media in an absolute panic because he is he is interviewing the principals involved in this and uh, and they're swearing and filling out sworn affidavits that uh no that yes in fact uh Joe Biden had the prosecutors fired because they were digging into the Barisma company that was paying his son millions of dollars to prevent that from happening and of course the uh the rogue Federal attorney's office in the Southern District of New York, which is a Clinton-owned and operated shop, is mobilizing to try to stop Rudy. They have uh, arrested a couple of his uh, associates and witnesses to all of this uh, when they came into the United States, and they're uh, they're threatening in the pages of the New York Times and the Washington Post to arrest Rudy Giuliani as well. They're going to charge him with these FARA violations, foreign agents. Registration Act because, uh, you know, he is acting as the president's attorney and they're saying he's exercising influence. I've said for a long time, you could walk down K Street in Washington, D.C., handing out FARA violations like candy because uh, the lobbying shops on K Street are that's what they're all about. And up until recently, nobody filed for these Farrah, uh registrations. And uh, and we've got now Trump associates sitting in jail for uh, for these uh, these charges, while all of these Democrat uh, influence peddlers are uh, are left to skate, and a uh, Democrat representative from Florida named David Jolly went on the air on CNN and actually uh, threatened Rudy that uh, he expects him to be going to jail soon
2: is Rudy, over there now, Chris, because they're all corrupt. This
1: whole Trump team is corrupt. That's that's the bottom line. I think Rudy Giuliani ultimately ends up in jail for FARA violations Mm -hmm. or some other type of violation related to disclosure and receiving foreign money. But this will feed... The rank-and-file Republicans, particularly in the House, who will continue to try to delegitimize the the Democrats' investigation when, in fact, it is the Republicans who are delegitimizing it by not cooperating with the Democrats. Well, the truth of the matter is, uh, despite their continued insistence that all of these um, uh, – all of this corruption that went on over in the Ukraine has been debunked and thoroughly investigated, and there's absolutely no one who says – that Hunter Biden or Joe Biden did anything wrong, says Joe Biden. Chanel Rion uh, went over there and sat down with an interview with um, the former prosecutors in question, the one Shoken, that that Biden got fired and his successor, Lushenko, who they also ended up firing because he refused to toe the line after they appointed him. And here's a clip from Chanel Rion's interview with, Uh, the first prosecutor that uh, Joe Biden famously threatened to withhold a billion dollars in aid if they didn't fire him.
3: Ukrainian Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin told One American News in Kiev that in July and August of 2015, his office prepared to question Hunter Biden over money laundering activities tracing directly back to Burisma. Shokin says pressure to stop investigating Hunter Biden's Burisma activities then increased. And President Poroshenko personally asked Shokin to wind down the Burisma investigation to appease then-Vice President and Obama's Ukraine point man, joe biden as the months passed more cases and investigations into burisma began to spring up and president poroshenko came to shogun's office and told shogun the burisma case was why joe biden wouldn't release one billion dollars in u.s loan guarantees money ukraine needed desperately Yes, said Shokin. That's what he told me. He came to me and said, you are a patriot of Ukraine. We need this billion dollars. We're at war. And if you are a patriot, you will close this case. My conversation with Poroshenko on this, Shokin says, was in a phone call. It was after we started seizing Burisma assets in Ukraine when Poroshenko called me and said, listen, this all has to stop already. Joe Biden's temper is overflowing. This seizing of Burisma assets, said Poroshenko, was the last straw. Shokin says Poroshenko then paid him a visit in his office, asking for Shokin's resignation. Shokin responded and asked, Why do I have to go? I haven't done anything wrong. I'm doing my job. This is standard procedure. We have reason to freeze Burisma assets. And Poroshenko said, Biden is angry about you freezing Burisma assets. I'll figure something out. We asked Shokin if this demand for a resignation was specifically because Biden had asked for it. Or, if there were other possible reasons, Shokin insists it was all Biden.
4: Because
3: of Biden, says Shokin. Everyone knew what was going on. Poroshenko told me directly that I had to step down as prosecutor general because of Joe Biden.
1: Now, that is the former prosecutor of the Ukraine, swearing in an affidavit and on TV, that Biden was insisting that uh, he be fired because he was digging into the Burisma company. Just as a reminder, Burisma uh, was headed by a man who had previously been a minister in the Ukrainian government and transferred um, uh, exploration rights for natural gas and uh, petroleum to his own company and, and stole billions and billions of dollars from the Ukraine and uh and when the prosecutors started looking into it, they turned around and hired Hunter Biden to sit on their board in order to protect them because they knew that Joe Biden was in charge of Ukrainian uh policy for the United States and was had control of billions of dollars that the American taxpayer and the International Monetary Fund were pouring into the Ukraine. Now does that sound? that interview of uh, the prosecutor Shokin sound like this has been debunked and that there's nothing to it and that nobody has ever said that Hunter Biden or Joe Biden did anything wrong so after Joe Biden got Shokin fired they appointed another prosecutor his name is Lushenko and he was soon visited by the um, ambassador to the Ukraine that uh, that uh, Trump fired, and who testified against him at the House Intelligence Committee, and uh, and claimed that a, uh, a a conspiracy to smear her and get her fired was was wrong. Well, this uh, this prosecutor that Joe Biden claimed in his taped uh, event was solid said that uh, he was given a list of people that he was not allowed to prosecute.
3: That's when when our interview, Yuri Lutsenko, inherited the fired prosecutor's office. But soon after the inheritance, Lutsenko received an interesting visit.
5: But then she asked me about uh, to close case of one person. Then I said, no, it is impossible. I couldn't uh, close any case without investigation. So I took a piece of paper on my table and I, uh, I write... These three—not uh, uh, cases, but enemies—Kaschko, Lešimka, Shabunin. Okay, okay. Miss Ambassador, Madame Ambassador, let's continue your untouchable list. She uh, asked me why I so serious, and then I uh, destroyed this list. so while I am general prosecutor no president no ambassador could give me or could announce me such lists that was the full story so uh, she ran immediately from the office and my uh, boy in the in, uh, office doors asked me what you told her his red face uh, very angry I didn't agree to re- receive any orders to open or to close criminal cases.
3: Fast forward to Adam Schiff's impeachment inquiry and Schiff called up Ambassador Yovanovitch to testify. Lutsenko says he was shocked to watch Yovanovitch's testimony when she said she never gave him such a list. Technically, says Lutsenko, no, she never gave him a list. The list still came from her.
5: Our interpreter uh, made a small mistake. He said uh, In Ukraine, she announced me, uh, but my interpreter uh, said he, uh, as far as I remember, uh, gave me a list. So announced and to give, certainly it is the difference.
1: So we've been told repeatedly by the mainstream media and Joe Biden that these, uh, these were just conspiracy theories, that they had been debunked, that there was no evidence of it. Now you've got the two... Principles that are at the forefront of this controversy, stating on the record and under sworn oath that yes, that was the reason that they were fired. And you got to ask yourself, why didn't the mainstream media bother to go over there and interview these principal witnesses? Why was it left to this upstart network, One American News, and a uh, sort of a, a junior reporter to dig into this? So good on Chanel Rion for doing actual journalism and seizing this opportunity. I say nobody has done it. Uh, John Solomon has reported on this extensively, and they're in the business now of trying to uh, delegitimize and uh, and smear John Solomon and, and ruin his name. He was previously a uh, a bureau chief of the Associated Press and uh, has been published in the New York Times and The Hill and Politico and a a bunch of other places. But now, because his reporting is is running contrary to the Democrats' narrative of these these allegations being debunked, now they're going after John Solomon. Here's a clip of uh, Solomon talking uh, specifically about former Ambassador Yanukovych.
4: He told the New York Times this week he stood by what he said that in that meeting with the ambassador, uh, she applied pressure and gave him names of U- Ukrainian nationals she did not want to see prosecuted. But here, let's let's take it away from Yovanovitch and lucenko Because he said, she said. The witnesses that Adam Schiff has called from the State Department have testified affirmatively that the U.S. Embassy under Yovanovitch applied pressure multiple times to Ukraine prosecutors to drop prosecutions of people that the U.S. Embassy liked. These were Ukrainian nationals and Ukrainian prosecution decisions, and our embassy was applying pressure, interfering in those law enforcement matters. That is no longer in dispute. It's under oath By her own deputies and aides confirming that that pressure was applied in 2016. Uh, certainly the Ukrainians thought so. And how do we know? Because they began asking questions of her bosses within a couple of days. The first time I ever heard Maria Ivanovich's name was March 5th of this year. And that's because she had given a speech earlier that day uh, where she called for the removal of a prosecutor three or four weeks before the end of the very contested Ukraine presidential election. And all of a sudden I heard from career diplomats. You won't believe what our American diplomat did today. There's going to be a kerfuffle in, in Ukraine because the Geneva Convention says we don't get involved in election stuff. And she gave the speech two days later, her boss goes to Ukraine, Yovanovich's boss, the first question or one of the first questions he gets, why did you meddle in our election with those comments? He defended her and said this and her words speak for itself. I'm not going to uh, say anything more about them.
1: So John Solomon and uh, Chanel Rion are, are debunking the idea that this uh, this allegation has been debunked and they've got a big target on their back. Now, the uh, the mainstream media who are the handmaidens of the Democrat Party are going after them. And they will accuse uh, uh, Chanel Rihanna of being an agent of Russia. They will, um, you know, they'll smear her and they'll try to ruin her career. One American News is already suing Rachel Maddow over at MSNBC because Rachel Maddow claimed on the air that One American News, operating out of San Diego, California, is a, a tool of the Russians. And in response... MSNBC and Rachel Maddow have claimed that, uh, well, they're, they're not actually in the news business. They're, uh, they're in the entertainment business, and this was just a narrative they put forward. That doesn't uh, relieve them of the uh, obligation not to smear people's names, even if they are um, public figures, if they're doing it maliciously, and they most certainly were. I went on uh, my Roku the other day and tried to subscribe to one American news network. Actually, I've been doing it for a couple of days now and uh, it is consistently blocked. I get an error message that you cannot subscribe to one American news network. Now I've gone on there to test it, to see if I'm able to subscribe to other channels and there's no problem with the other channels. So I'd like to hear from listeners. Uh, If you uh, use Roku, how about going on there and, and subscribing to one American news? You should, if nothing else to get the, uh, the coverage from uh from Chanel Rion and uh, and the excellent show in the evening Liz Wheeler. But uh, go on there and, and try to subscribe and let me know if you're successful. Send me an email at uh rightnowjimdawes at gmail dot com or you can leave me a voicemail at seven seven two two four five zero seven fifty or you can hit me up on Twitter at right now Jim Dawes. I'd love to know if this is an isolated incident with me Or if Roku is throwing in with the rest of the tech titans in Silicon Valley and trying to censor dissident voices, voices that go contrary to the accepted mainstream media um, narratives. Mojo. On yesterday's show, I uh, I was talking about Adam Schiff exposing or uh, publishing the phone records of the ranking member of the Intelligence Committee and John John Solomon and uh, and two of uh, Donald Trump's personal attorneys, Rudy Giuliani and um, and another personal attorney. And I used the word McCarthyism to refer to that. And Frank in Pennsylvania, his Twitter handle is Let's Be Frank, um, called me to task for that. He pointed out that Joe McCarthy was in fact right and had been vindicated by history in the Verona Papers, and uh, and and that he had just been too late, and that I should stop using that word. And he is absolutely right. History has completely vindicated Tailgunner Joe. The Verona Papers, uh, which came to light after the fall of the Soviet Union, when when the files of the KGB were opened up, shows that um, through uh, intercepted KGB and U.S. spy communications that yes indeed joe mccarthy was right the soviet union had infiltrated the us state department and many other uh, agencies of the federal government joe mccarthy did not live to see his name vindicated his name had become has become mud in the history books because uh, hollywood have uh, have forwarded this notion that he was uh, you know responsible for unfair uh, prosecutions of communists. But most, almost all of the charges have been proven true. McCarthy ultimately died at the young age of 47 years old due to alcoholism that many people believe was brought on by the, the mass of abuse that he had been taken in the media. But uh, I'm going to excise that, uh, that term from my vocabulary. Um, McCarthyism does not accurately describe what the Democrats are engaged in now. It is, uh, we've got to come up with a new term for it. But McCarthy was uh, vindicated by history, and I'm no longer going to, uh, to fall in line and use that, uh, that dishonest term. In the second half of today's show, we're gonna we're gonna dig into this impeachment uh, effort and uh, and hear extended clips from Bill Barr in his interview with uh, with ABC, characterizing his take on the IG report. In the remainder of this uh, first half of the show, I want to talk about what's going on over at Chick fil A. Chick fil A, who had uh, was a company that was the life's work of Truett Cathy from Atlanta Georgia actually um, he's from Atlanta he uh, he lived uh, in uh, south of uh, Atlanta in Clayton County but his son uh, Dan Cathy took over the company and after a lifetime of building up a Christ-centered uh, hugely successful business Dan Cathy has betrayed the principles that Chick-fil-A was founded on after being in charge just five years. You probably know by now that Chick-fil-A withdrew their financial support from the Salvation Army because of pressure from the LGBTQIA community. They also withdrew uh, support from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and instead they turned around and gave money to the Covenant House which is, uh, operates homeless shelters. I guess they were trying to uh, fill the gap that they had left by defunding the Salvation Army. Problem with that is the Covenant House has, uh, has operated these, um, these drag queen story hours where these flamboyant cross dressers come in and try to poison the mind of little children. And if Truett could see what was going on, I knew Truett, Kathy, uh, I, I, I would, I, I he was, I knew him. I had been in meetings with him. He, he might not even remember my name, but he was a major contributor to the fire foundation, which I had helped found in Atlanta to, uh, assist, uh, firefighters, families that, uh, had fallen in the line of duty. Truett Cathy was a godly man who always put, uh, God and family above his business interests but found out that they were perfectly compatible and founded this, uh, this country based on, uh, you know, a brand that was, uh, centered on Christi- his Christian beliefs. He's been dead about five years. He's buried over in Westview cemetery in South Atlanta. And, uh, and I know Dan Cathy as well. Um, and Dan Cathy is no true at Kathy. And it's, uh, if, if Truett could see what Dan Cathy did with regard to the Salvation Army and Fellowship of Christian Athletes, he would be absolutely spinning in his grave. And a lot of this is because they brought in a new chief operating officer who's trying to make peace with these leftist radicals that have been harassing Chick-fil-A. Dan Cathy needs to get back in line and uh, and carry on the legacy of Truitt. And the first thing he needs to do is fire this this new chief operating officer and apologize to his customers and to the Salvation Army and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And while he's at it, he needs to bring back the damn coleslaw and put it on the menu going to run out to a break you're going to hear two messages and when we come back we're going to hear extended clips from an interview with bill barr and his take on the ig report and then we'll talk a little bit about this impeachment effort and we'll hear clips from trump's rally in pennsylvania last night stick with us we'll be right back right here on the mojo Five O radio network
0: whether you're moving in together for the first time
1: And you're back on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network, a daily America First Journal of news, politics, and culture. So heard. Nancy Pelosi and her band of impeachment fanatics marched to the microphones yesterday and announced that they, had, they were going to pursue two counts of impeachment against the President of the United States.
7: The House Committee on the Judiciary is introducing two articles of impeachment charging the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, with committing high crimes and misdemeanors. The first article... ...is for abuse of power. This
1: gives rise to the second article of impeachment for obstruction of Congress. Obstruction of Congress and abuse of power. You could literally impeach every president in our nation's history of those two articles. There are constant conflicts between the two branches of government. And the Congress is constantly saying that uh, a president has exceeded his authority the case for the president's abuse of power here is paper thin he he had the the uh, uh misfortune of asking about joe biden's corruption in the ukraine and that has absolutely sent the democrats off the edge because they they view joe biden as their savior somebody that can return them to the the glory days of riding on the uh, the gravy train funded by american taxpayers what happened to bribery? You know, we were told again and again that Donald Trump um, was pressuring Ukraine to investigate Biden and get it, get to the bottom of the, their interference in the 2016 election and the, by withholding funds that that was somehow a bribery charge. It never made a damn bit of sense, but we were told repeatedly that that Donald Trump had engaged in bribery. Evidence
7: shows an impeachable offense, bribery, abuse of power, and obstruction. Yes.
1: Uh, there was
6: a lot of evidence uh, of bribery. And there's
3: a substantial amount of evidence on the abuse of power, on the question of
6: bribery. You can call this extortion, call it bribery. It's all the same thing. Did the president's demands on Ukraine constitute bribery? Treason,
0: bribery, or acts of um, uh, Um, omission and in this case it is is clearly one of those
4: treason, bribery, high crime bribery, high crimes and misdemeanors
1: again and again we were told that he engaged in bribery it never made a damn bit of sense and and Jonathan Turley knocked it down at the judiciary hearing and they knew that once it uh, came to trial in the Senate that that charge would never stand up so they just took it out after smearing this president for months what happened to extortion there's no extortion named here that we were told there was a quid pro quo. They poll tested that and found out that the, uh, you know, the, the people who vote for, uh, Donald Trump are not interested in hearing about a quid pro quo. So they called it bribery. They've called it treason. They've called it obstruction of justice. There is no count of obstruction of justice in this impeachment. They're calling it obstruction of Congress. Obstruction. There is no statute about obstruction of Congress. The way the Constitution is organized is that uh, Congress, the executive, and the courts all have to abide by the Constitution. And they each have their own uh, prerogatives and jurisdictions to protect. And this president has told them that he's not going to send up his his white house attorney and his personal attorneys and all of this and allow them to, to try to, uh, you know, to try to, uh, make them part of this inquisition and the courts are the branch of government that are designated to resolve these conflicts. But you see, Oh, Adam Schiff, he just doesn't have time to wait for the courts because we've got an election to get on with for one court decision.
2: If it takes us another eight months to get a second court or maybe a Supreme Court decision, people need to understand that is not the end of the process. It comes back to us and we ask questions because he no longer has absolute immunity. And then he claims something else, that his answers are privileged and we have to go to back to court for another eight or 16 months. The argument, why don't you just wait, amounts to this. Why don't you just let him cheat in one more election?
1: Let him cheat in one more election, Adam Schiff says. I seem to recall um, Robert Mueller testifying before the House Judiciary Committee that Donald Trump did not collude with the Russians, that there was no evidence of that. There never was any evidence of it. But Adam Schiff is right back at it, telling this uh, this big lie and expecting the American people to buy it.
2: Why don't you just let him cheat in one more election? Why not let him cheat just one more time?
1: Why not let him have foreign help just one more time? That is what that argument... Adam Schiff is a pathological liar. Donald Trump said in one of his, uh, his rallies that he's got a severe complex and it's obvious why. I think it is obvious why. But this idea that, uh, that they don't have time to let the courts resolve this conflict between the two branches of government is patently dishonest as well. It took so long to get this ruling on Don McGahn because the, uh, the Congress didn't promptly appeal to the courts. And if Congress were to take this to the court, they could, they could have it before the Supreme Court in probably less than a month because this is an exigent circumstance. The reason Adam Schiff doesn't want to take it to the court is because he knows the the court would say no, you're not entitled to uh to presidentially privileged documents or witnesses. But old Nancy marched to the microphone yesterday and uh and thanked her committee chairman and there was something very interesting about that you saw quite clearly that this whole impeachment effort is being run almost entirely by representatives from New York City and Los Angeles and San Francisco and Boston here's a a clip that illustrates that
5: I also want to thank the staff of those committees and the committee members uh, for all of their work over this period of time to help us protect and defend, I want to thank the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, Mr. Nazar, chair of the Intelligence Committee,
1: Mr. Schiff, Los Angeles, uh,
5: chair of the Ways and Means Committee, Chairman, all of these chairmen, uh, Chairman Richie Neal, of Massachusetts, the chair of the Foreign Affairs Committee, Elliot Engel,
1: New York, of New York City, York, the
5: chair of the. Financial Services Committee, Maxine Waters of Los California, Angeles, uh, the chair of the uh, Committee on Government Reform and Oversight, Congresswoman Carolyn Maloney. New
1: York City. Again and again, if you look at that photograph, you see why the, the, the Democrats want to abolish the Electoral College, because they want us to be ruled by these lunatics from Manhattan and Los Angeles and San Francisco and Boston. And they're they're taking these far left, deeply blue um, committee chair, and they're driving this impeachment. And I think they're gonna they're gonna lose their house majority as a result of it. Donald Trump was uh, in Hershey, PA last night giving a speech. It was another one of these stem winders. Although I have to admit, uh, Trump does seem to me to uh, to. Uh, be showing some of the pressure of all this but he said this last night at at their rally
7: any democrat that votes for this sham will be voting to sacrifice their house
6: majority their dignity and their career okay
7: and some of these partisan lunatics have already said that if they fail this time think of this how about Low IQ, Maxine Waters. (laughs) How about green? How about green? We've green. How about green where he said we have to impeach him because if we don't impeach him, we're not going to win the election. This is what we're. this is what we're dealing with. You know, we're dealing with some very bad people. We're dealing with people that don't respect you.
1: And, and Al Green and other members of Congress or the House, the Democrat members of the House, are now saying that if uh, uh, if and when the Senate acquits Donald Trump of these bogus impeachment charges, that they'll just impeach him on something else. We're going to take an early break here, and when we come back, we're going to have these extended clips from Bill Barr's interview with ABC News with his takes on the IG report. You don't want to miss it. Stick with us. We'll be right back. <laughs> so i accurately predicted uh, what the ig report would reveal Uh, they would have to admit to the things that uh, were uh, documented abuses of the fisa and the spying on the trump campaign but that the ig would um, would try to protect the institution by saying that uh, there was no um, malicious motivations which is absurd on its face. He cited 17 separate errors or omissions. He likes to call them. If you or I did that, that would be called what they are perjury, but said he couldn't find any, uh, any evidence of bias. Every one of those errors or omissions cut against the Trump campaign, but we're supposed to believe that that's just coincidence. And uh, I have to admit that I have been uh, worried, you know, about Bill Barr. I, I, I worried that maybe he wasn't the real deal and that he too would, uh, would, you know, be an institutionalist and would be more concerned with protecting the Department of Justice than getting to the wrongdoing that went on in 2016 and, uh, and well, hell, ever since the president has taken office. And I got to admit, I am wrong. He is the real deal. He, he may be the last sober adult left in Washington, D.C., And the contrast between Bill Barr in this interview and the political hacks that are uh, running the Democrat Party could not be more striking. So he sat down with Pete Williams at ABC News, and he was discussing the findings of this IG report and pointing out where he disagreed with the conclusions of, uh, of the Inspector General Horowitz. And he starts out by saying that this whole crossfire hurricane investigation that the FBI engaged in was baseless.
2: Mr. Attorney Attorney General, why do you say that the FBI opened the investigation of the Trump campaign on the thinnest of suspicions?
7: Well, I'm glad to get into the issue of predication, but let me just start out by saying that uh, I think you have to put this in context. I think the heart of uh, the IG's report really focused on how the investigation was conducted once it got going, and that is especially the very serious abuses of FISA that occurred, much of which has been, in my view, not accurately reported by the press over the last day. Uh, but in, in one area, I do disagree uh, with the IG, and that was whether the There was sufficient predication to open a uh, full-blown counterintelligence investigation, specifically using the techniques that they did uh, to collect intelligence about the Trump campaign.
2: Well, well, as a policy matter, why why not open an investigation on a thin pretext? I guess on the oh, one why hand, not? you could say it's a presidential campaign. It's very sensitive. You need better evidence. On the other hand, you could say it's a presidential campaign. We have to be very careful. There could be a, a, a threat to our political process. Well, I think uh, I, I think probably from a civil
7: liberty standpoint, the greatest danger to our free system is that the incumbent government use the apparatus of the state principally the law enforcement agencies and the intelligence agencies both to spy on political opponents but also uh, to use them in a way that could affect the outcome of the election as far as i'm aware this is the first time in history that this has been done to a presidential campaign the use of uh, these counterintelligence techniques against a presidential campaign and we have to remember that in today's world presidential campaigns are frequently in contact
1: so you got to realize that when James Comey and John Brennan hear this, they're in a full-blown meltdown panic because Bill Barr is laying out that he is serious about getting to the bottom of this and, uh, and that um, John Durham is, is not going to revert back to, you know, just trying to protect the institutions and sweep all of this under the rug. Pete Williams went on the offense then. He, uh, he, he invoked Ukraine. And, and tried to put Bill Barr back on the defensive.
2: Before I go into a couple of other questions, let me just sort of button this up. I think a lot of people will hear what you're saying here and think, well, that's just Bill Barr defending Trump. Your concern about the FBI's investigation is what? Civil libertarian? Uh,
7: I think our, our nation was turned on its head for three years. I think... Uh, based on a completely bogus narrative that was largely fanned and hyped by an irresponsible press. Uh, And I think that there were gross abuses uh, of uh, FISA uh, and inexplicable behavior that is intolerable in the uh, FBI. And uh, the Attorney General's primary responsibility is to protect Against the abuse of the law enforcement and intelligence apparatus, and make sure that it doesn't play an improper role in our in our political life. That's my responsibility,
2: and I'm going to carry it out. A couple of other questions: Were you ever asked by the White House to talk to anybody in Ukraine about an investigation of Joe Biden? No. Are you concerned that Ukraine has a missing server from the Hillary Clinton emails? Fortunately,
7: I haven't gotten into the Ukraine thing yet. I, I don't know. I'm not even sure about the nature of these allegations.
2: What about the allegation that it was the Ukrainians who meddled in the election, not the Russians? Are you satisfied that's not?
1: There's that old trope that they bring out. It was the Ukrainians, not the Russians. Nobody has ever said that it was the Ukrainians, not the Russians. Although, if any objective uh, examination of the Russians' interference in the election shows that it was very low level, and that it actually has not been proven, but the people in Washington aren't arguing that Russia didn't interfere in the election. They're they're arguing that Ukraine interfered with the election too, and they most certainly did. It was well documented. They're trying to push that down the memory hole and pretend like it never happened. But you've got uh, actual uh, editorials appearing in the in the New York Times from the Ukrainian ambassador smearing trump you've got the uh u.s ambas- uh the uh the embassy in washington meeting with democrat national committee operatives and much of the dossier that christopher Steele put together that work of fiction was sourced out of the ukraine that's the case
7: i am confident the russians uh, attempted to interfere in the election I don't know about the Ukrainians, I haven't even looked into it, frankly.
2: What was your involvement in the department's decision not to investigate the president's phone call to Ukraine? Uh, Well, we put out a statement that explained the process, which
7: was the uh, criminal division made that decision and and in the process consulted with the senior most uh, career employees who are the experts on uh, campaign finance laws. And that process was supervised by the deputy. The
1: whole notion that somehow it was a a gift to the president's reelection campaign to try to inquire about previous corruption in the Ukraine was absurd on its face and it was quickly dismissed by the Department of Justice as having no merit to it Bill Barr was uh, sitting down with uh, some sort of uh, conference with The Wall Street Journal and asked a very relevant question if if uh, the Department of Justice was really concerned about Russian interference in the 2016 election why did they use um, you know these barroom conversations from a low-level, um, person that was just uh, uh, very, very uh, tenuously connected to the campaign as an opportunity to infiltrate the campaign and spy on them. And uh, and here's what he had to say about that.
7: Uh, I personally think the subject matter of it, which was the fact, you know, uh, some vague allusion to the fact that the, the Russians may have something that they could dump At that time, in May uh, 2016, there was rampant speculation going on in the media, on the blogosphere, and in political circles that Hillary Clinton's uh, email server had in 2014 been hacked, and therefore the Russians might have those emails. So drawing the conclusion that this kind of vague comment related to and showed pre-knowledge of the DNC (laughs) hack-and-dump I think was it was a big stretch. But let me just finalize it, which is, from my experience, the normal thing to do in this kind of situation, and I have had an analogous experience here, is uh, to go to, to go to the uh, to go to the campaign. And uh, here, I, I don't think there's a legitimate explanation for why they didn't. Well, the reason
1: uh, they did is because, the because they wanted to take the opportunity to try to spy on the campaign. And it wasn't to uncover any connection with Russia. It was to find out, you know, the, the plans and strategies of the campaign. And this goes all the way into the Obama White House. And Bill Barr and John Durham are going to get to the bottom of it. It's going to lead, inevitably, to John Brennan and his uh, coordination with foreign intelligence agencies in order to gin up a justification for the FBI to engage in these FISA warrants. Pete Williams like uh, most of the other Democrats took exception to this uh, term that Barr has used as spying based on
2: what you know so far is it still do you still stand by your statement that that, that the campaign was spied upon Oh, it's clearly spied upon i mean that's what electronic surveillance
7: is i think wiring people up to go in and talk to people and make recordings of their conversations is spying i think going through people's emails which they did as a result of the fisa warrant they went through everything you know from from page's life because uh, you know. he wasn't in the campaign at the point we're no, being on the surveillance yes but his emails were go back i mean the main reason they were going for the fisa warrant initially was to go back historically and see all his emails and texts and all that stuff from back months and even years. So they were covering the period that he was in the campaign, and that's exactly the reason they went for the FISA to get that
2: stuff. So what do you think, what questions will John Durham address that the IG didn't? Well, uh, Durham is, is looking at the whole waterfront.
7: He is looking at the issue of how it got started. Uh, he's looking at whether or not the narrative of of, uh, uh, Trump being involved in the Russian interference actually preceded July and was, in fact, the precipitating uh, trigger for the uh, investigation. Uh, He's also looking at uh, the conduct of the investigation. There are some things that were done in the investigation that are not included in Horowitz's report, and he's looking at those things. But also, a few weeks ago, I told him that he should spend just as much attention on the post-election period. And I did that because of some of the uh, stuff that Horowitz has uncovered, which to me is inexplicable. Inexplicable. Well, what I said is their case collapsed after the election. And they never told the court, and they kept on getting renewals on these applications. Uh, There was documents falsified in order to get these renewals. Uh, There was all kinds of uh, withholding of information from the court. And uh, the question really is, what was the agenda after the
2: election that kept Uh, them pressing ahead after their case collapsed? This is the president of the United States. Uh, You, of course, went to three countries with him. Uh, Why did you have to do that? And some people have said, well, this is clearly Bill Barr's in charge of the investigation. Well,
7: the presentation of that in the media
2: <laughs> has been silly.
7: Uh, the person running the investigation is John Durrow. Uh, but this is a very unusual circumstance where we are going to foreign governments and asking them to assist and cooperate, including you know, some of their sensitive materials
1: and, and personnel. So one of the key questions that came out of this interview was um, Barr wants to know Why the FBI continued spying on the Trump after the dossier, which the FISA warrants were based almost entirely on, despite the lies that were told by Adam Schiff and the Democrats at the time. Why did they continue to spy on the Trump campaign even after that dossier was discredited?
2: So the inspector general says he found no evidence to indicate that the FBI's decision to start this investigation was based on political bias. Do you agree? Well, uh,
7: what do do you actually, I think you have to understand what the IG's methodology is, and I think it's the appropriate methodology for an inspector general. Uh, He starts with limited information. He can only talk to people who are essentially there as employees, and he's limited to the information generally uh, in the FBI. But his approach is to say if I get an explanation from the people I'm investigating that is not unreasonable on its face, then I will accept it as long as there's not controversy. Contradictory testimonial or documentary evidence. In other words, it's a very deferential standard. And all he said is people gave me an explanation and I didn't find anything to contradict it, so I don't have a basis for saying that there was improper motive. But he hasn't decided the issue of improper motive. Have you? Uh, No. I think we have to wait until the investigation the full investigation is done, and that's the fundamental distinction between what Durham is doing and what the IG is doing. Durham is not limited to the FBI. He can talk to other agencies. Uh, He can compel people to testify. One of the the problems in the IG's investigation, I think he would agree, is that Comey refused to sign back up for his security clearance and therefore couldn't be questioned about classified matters. So, uh, someone like uh someone like durham can compel testimony he can talk to a whole range of people private parties foreign governments and so forth and i think uh uh that is the point at which a decision has to be made uh, about motivations uh and i think we uh, right now it would be premature to make any judgment one way or the other
2: I just wonder, though, about the what the FBI would say, I think, here is, okay, so they opened an investigation. Nobody, nobody was ever charged. They were concerned about possible Russian meddling in the, in the uh, election. Why not open this investi- investigation? What's the harm? You've said intrusive means. So what, what is your concern about the fact that they did this? Well, I think the big picture is this.
7: From day one remember they say okay we're not going to go to talk to the campaign we're going to put people in there wire them up and have these conversations with people involved in the campaign because that way we'll get the truth from the very first day of this investigation which was july 31st 2016 all the way to its end in september 2017 there was not one incriminatory bit of evidence to come in it was all exculpatory the people that they were taping denied any uh, involvement with russia denied the very specific facts that the
1: fbi was and yet they continue to investigate even after the election they were definitely trying to undermine this president and and, uh, come up with an excuse to try to remove him from office and now the democrats are trying to impeach him because they've come up with nothing abuse of power and obstruction of congress that's a joke no extortion, no quid pro quo, no treason, no obstruction of justice. Just an abuse of power and not cooperating with their witch hunt. That takes us to the end of this edition. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here tomorrow on the Mojo 5 Radio
6: Network. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit amazon.com slash hyundai, or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
0: Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more.